What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and I want to welcome every single listener in. Today's going to be an awesome episode. Now, I was hesitant on how to title this message because one, English is my second language. Two, English in comparison to like Hebrew or Greek, it's very limited as far as how to explain or how descriptive English is to explain spiritual realities. But today we're going to be talking about, you ready? We're going to be talking about how to live the supernatural life or the supernatural life. First of all, what is it? Second of all, what do we believe? Because remember, children, what is Christianity? Christianity is not right doing. I'm going to say that one more time. Christianity is not right doing. Rather, it is right believing. It's all about what do you believe. In other words, the righteous shall live by faith, not by action. So, what is a supernatural life? What must me what 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 must we believe? There's my Spanish coming up. What must what must we believe in order to really manifest or walk by the Spirit? You can call it how to be led by the Spirit. You can call it walking by the Spirit. But ultimately, we're going to be talking about the supernatural life. And I'm going to give you a pretty big disclosure here, okay? If there's any type of religious cobwebs, because, you know, all of us can use a good shaking. If there's any type of religious, legalistic cobwebs in our brains or hearts, I would say, any strongholds, they will be shaken today. We're going to be talking about what is the law of sin and death? Why is it important? Why, why, why are these things important? Because a lot of people, and it's ultimately, it's the flesh in us that I love practicals. Tell me what to do. Like, give me a checklist. So practically, how do we live by grace? What does it mean to live by grace? Because ultimately, you ready? To live the supernatural life is to live by grace. But what does that even mean? Because what happens a lot of the times is, you know, we hear grace. And grace, you know, we're not under the law. We're under grace. But practically, what does that mean? Because we we can miss, we can totally miss the entire point. We can literally be so caught up in the natural and be like, well, I understand grace, Anthony. I'm not observing the Sabbath. I'm not even fasting anymore. I don't even go to healing meetings. I don't go to revival meetings anymore. I don't go to pastor's conference anymore. Anthony, I, I don't do all these things. That's great. If the Lord has led you to do that, that's fine. But that is not what it means to live under grace, friend. Grace and the law, they are both within the heart. And this is, honestly, if we talk about, like Dre, if we talk about life-changing messages, this is one of them. This is one of those life-changing, life-transformative, super... Nova messages. I'm being dead. I'm not that serious. I'm being really serious. 
I'm being really serious because ultimately, on a practical basis, we must understand what it means to live by grace. We must understand what the law of sin and death is because every single day, you and I will wake up and we will have the opportunity to either live under the law or live under grace. The law and grace, they're both within the heart. We have to, first of all, we have to establish that once and for all. I'm not talking about you not doing animal sacrifices. I'm, I'm not talking about you not fasting. I am not talking about you not observing the Sabbath. I'm not even talking about you uh, not listening to secular music. I'm not talking about these things. These things are material. Grace and law are both within the heart. You can be under grace at work. And when you come home with your kids, you can be under law. You can be under law at work. And then when you come home, you can be under grace. You, you can actually be, because remember, everything is, what are you believing at that time? What are you conscious of? What are you aware of? If you are demand-minded, if you believe that your boss demands this of you and you have to do it, by default, you are under the law. You are under the works of the law. And the Bible says in Galatians that they that are of the works of the law are under the curse. You will see frustration in that area. Well, Anthony, but my boss does demand this of me, though. I understand. I'm not talking about living a hermit life. I'm talking about of your heart. I'm talking about you being at work and hitting your quotas, actually superseding your quotas because you're at rest within your heart. But externally, you're working. But internally, you're resting. In the same exact way, you can be laying in a hammock drinking coconut water in Ibiza and you can be at work in your heart, but your body is resting. You can be laying down in the middle of the night and your heart can be working, but your body can be resting. Everything is of the heart. So you can be, so I'm talking about living a life of rest, living a life of grace, because this is, this, this will bring success. This will bring home the bread and the butter to your children. When you live a life of rest, friend, you are allowing Christ to work in you and through you. And instead of you struggling to hit those sales quotas and you bring in stress, frustration, anger, you're short-tempered, you're annoyed, you're cloudy, because I've been there, trust me. I'm not speaking out of condemnation, but I'm speaking out of compassion. Because I am just like you. I'm obviously called in a specific mission and, and office. But friend, I understand. Be I have compassion because I love how Peter said with Cornelius, I'm a man with like passions like you. So when I speak about these things, I'm speaking one, because that's what the scriptures, the word of God says. But two, these are things that are, that have been worked out and are working, are currently working in my heart by the Lord to help me. And in helping me, 
I begin to unveil this to you. You see how that works? Is the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord has shown a light unto Joshua and Joshua then lights the entire nation of Israel. So in the same exact manner, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about you living a life of rest. I'm talking about you living the supernatural life. I'm talking about you living a life by grace. What does that practically mean? Because parenting under the law, you will begin to create this unconscious barrier between you and your children. Having a having your boyfriend or girlfriend and you are under law will create will blow that entire relationship out of the way your husband your wife marital relationships if you yourself are under law you will spaz out on your husband or you will spaz out on your wife your children all these things so this is so crucial at work this is the difference between you freaking pulling out your hairs to barely hit 70% of your sales quota or you being a complete rest and superseding those quotas and bringing home the bread and butter and you getting home listen and you this is the difference between you getting home feeling refreshed being able to play with your children being able to cater to your wife to your husband versus you out of your own effort within your heart going to work not even getting everything done because you can't work that way. And then you going home stressed, angry, bitter, and tired. Where you can't even give the time of day to your children, to your husband, to your wife. Do, you, do we see why this is so crucial? Because this is the supernatural life. And I love the scripture. This is, uh, do you remember Elijah? Elijah who called down fire from heaven. First of all, I, I love how, because we both came out of Word of Faith Circle, right, Dre? Mm -hmm. Elijah is almost glorified as, like, as Jesus in the Word of Faith and Charismatic Circles. If I be a man of God, or, you know, I'll ca call down fire from heaven, you curse that lady, all these things. Like, Why? Do you do we realize that Elijah and Elisha are a type and shadow? Elijah is a type of John the Baptist, who was a preacher of the law. Elisha is a type of Jesus, whose name actually means God saves. Eli means God. Shah means saves. Elijah was superseded by Elisha. And this is all a type and shadow. Elijah is a type of John the Baptist. In fact, when John the Baptist's dad was praying, Zechariah, because he, he, he went into the temple, he was praying, and the angel of the Lord appeared onto Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad. He said, you, your, your child, will carry the spirit of Elijah. And Jesus confirmed it. In the Gospels, when he spoke to the Pharisees, saying, if you can take it, this is Elijah, the forerunner for me. So Elijah is a, a type of John the Baptist who was a preacher of the law. So it's no wonder that in many religious circles, 
Elijah is glorified. And Elisha is very little talked about. But Elisha is a type and shadow of Jesus. So Elijah, after he called down fire from heaven, the wrath of God, he ran because he received the death threat from Jezebel. And he was in depression. So the Lord made him sleep. He said, take a nap, bro. Relax. The angel brought him cake, some water, and then he went into Mount Horab. Now, I'm getting to a point here. Now, the Bible says there was an earthquake. There was a mighty wind. There was so much natural explosive things and that we can see and feel there was an earthquake there was a wind there was a fire but the bible says that the lord was not in the earth in the wind or in the fire the bible says that that the lord was in the still small voice my point we as christians and it's a part it's a tendency of the flesh we as christians believe when i talk about the supernatural life we th we are looking for the earthquake the fire we're looking for the strong mighty wind but the bible says that the lord wasn't in any of those things that he was in the still small voice i submit to you that just because a preacher is screaming his lungs out is sweating his tail off just because he's wearing a gown and a robe and screaming and hooping and hollering. The Lord was not in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the strong, mighty wind. All these natural, explosive occurrences. The Lord was in the still, small voice. The supernatural. My point is that I'm talking about the supernatural life and we think, oh, this is we're endued for mighty miracles and powers and and we become a God and now we have deity and, oh, you know, we can just expect, I can just feel the electricity in my hand 24-7. I, I, like we think this is the supernatural life and people play it out because you get so weird. But the Bible says that he wasn't in any of those flashy natural occurrences. He was in the still small voice. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. And I want to talk to you guys about, and today's going to be more teaching, as you can tell. I'm gonna, I want to talk to you guys about what is the law of sin and death. Because this is Romans chapter 8, if, you, if we didn't know. Romans chapter 6 talks about us being dead to sin romans chapter 7 talks about the first half talks about us being dead to the law in other words one we are dead to doing bad two we are dead to doing good that's the law because the flesh the bible says don't be like the horse and don't be like the donkey the horse runs too fast ahead of him the donkey doesn't want to do anything. He just sits still. In the same exact way, we see the flesh tendency with Peter. Jesus says, let me wash your feet. So then he was being like a donkey. This is the flesh. No, Lord, don't wash my feet. 
And then Jesus says, if, well, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. So then we see the flesh again. Okay, Lord, so then actually wash my, not only my feet, but my head, my hands, my entire body. So that so the flesh is, don't be like the horse. Don't be like a donkey. Flow with the spirit. This is the life of the spirit. I'm talking about the life of the spirit. I'm talking about the supernatural. I'm talking about be, living under grace. So Romans 6, we're dead to sin. Romans 7, the first half, we're dead to doing good. We're dead to the law because the flesh, doing good, trying to do good, and trying to do bad, they're both the flesh. And the second half of Romans chapter 7 is what happens when we yield to us attempting to do good. In other words, Paul's frustration with his flesh, with his self, I know that in me dwells no good thing that is in my flesh. For the good that I want to do, I cannot do. But the bad that I do not want to do, I keep doing it. And now we come to Romans chapter 7, which is the answer. Listen, I want you guys to really get this, okay? Romans chapter 8 talks about the life of the Spirit, which is the answer to the second half of Romans chapter 7. Because remember, they flow together. This, they're not like... Two different thought processes. Romans 7 talks about being dead to the law. And then he goes on to talk about being frustrated with the flesh. To the point where he screams out, O wretched man that I am. Who, not what, not what formula, but a person. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And Romans chapter 8 gives us that answer. So listener, this may be you today. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're screaming out just like Paul in the second half of Romans chapter 7. Anthony, the good that I want to do, I cannot do. But the bad things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I keep doing. I don't know why I read it with like a Shakespearean accent or whatever. Maybe because we have listeners from the UK. But no, seriously, this could be you. That like on the real, this is like daily life stuff here. This could be you. I want to do good. I can't do good. I the bad that I don't want to do, I end up doing. I'm frustrated. I keep trying to break this habit, but the more that I keep trying to break this habit, this habit grows stronger. Sound familiar? I keep trying to stop smoking nicotine and the more I, I keep trying to stop smoking nicotine the worse it gets i keep trying to not be so angry with my husband but the more i try not to be angry with with my husband the more fights we get into what the heck Th is that is that i'm talking real life stuff today so romans chapter 8 is our answer to the frustration of the flesh so let's go to romans chapter 8 Verse 1 says this, and I'm going to read this out of the NASB, New American Standard Bible, one of my favorite translations. You ready? Therefore, so whenever we read therefore, that means, why is it therefore? In other words, because of the frustration with the flesh, because of the frustration with self that Paul just finished literally talking about, himself in Romans chapter 7 this is a continuation therefore because of this because 
O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Because the good that I want to do, I cannot do. But the bad things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. Therefore, when I want to do good, evil is present with me. That's Romans chapter 7. Because of this, Romans chapter 8 begins. Because of this, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no more punishment at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let that sink in. Because he just finished talking about that when I want to do good, evil is present with me. That I keep doing the things that I hate. Because I'm attempting to do good, I end up doing that which I hate. The Bible even says the will is there, but the strength to carry out the good that I want to do, I cannot find it. Have you been there? And because of that, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, because of that, there is no more punishment that word condemnation, because that's a funky word that no one really uses nowadays, you can exchange that with punishment. To condemn a building means it is no longer fit for use. means if I condemn something, that means I am rejecting it and there is a judgment against it. Judgment or punishment, you can it's the same exact thing. So ex you can exchange condemnation for judgment. You can exchange condemnation for punishment. Does that help? Therefore, there is now, there is present, now present, no condemnation, no more punishment at all. For who? For those who are in Christ. Question. We read this, right? And this is, this is normal. If I read, hey, if I tell you, Dre, Dre, I understand that the bad that you want to do, you keep doing. I understand that the more that you attempt to do good, you end up doing bad. I understand these things. So now I tell you today that there is no more punishment for you because you are in Christ. You will rejoice, right? But in the back of your head, this question, this three-letter three word will pop up. Why? And in, honestly, until you answer the question why, you can't walk in faith. That's good. Until you answer, until you dissolve by the scriptures that doubt in your heart as to, that's great, there's no more punishment for me, but why? Until you dissolve that doubt in your heart, you will not be able to walk in faith understanding this. I can tell you, friend, hey, Steph, hey, Johnny, hey, Enrique, there's no more punishment for you, bro, because you're in Christ. That's great. Pero por qué? Why? 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 And if you keep reading, verse number two tells us why. Be that word for means because. So we see that a lot in the scriptures. For, that word for means because. So there's no more punishment for you that are in Christ. Verse 2, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. 
that's past tense, has set you free from the law of sin and death. I'm going to read that one more time. Why is there no more punishment? Verse 2 explains it. For because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. I'm going to park it here. What is the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death is when I sin, there is death. You are free from that law. And I'm going to begin to go deep into it and begin to elaborate how to apply this to your life. Friend, you are completely set free from the law of sin and death. When you sin, there is no more death. When you sin, there is no more punishment. When you sin, there is no more judgment. It's not me telling you that. I'm simply reading the scriptures and telling you what the scriptures say. The law of sin and death, which the Bible says you have been set free from, is the law that when you sin, there is death. Now remember, fear is sin. Worry is sin. Overeating is sin. Stressing out is sin. Being anxious is sin. The Bible says a foolish thought is sin. So this is something that every single day, every single day, whether it's fear, whether it's stress, whether it's guilt, whether it's worry, whether it's depression, whether it's overeating, the Bible says whatever is not a faith is sin. Now, how, how, do, how to apply this on our practical life? And why is this important? Because every single day, you, you are going to have the opportunity. And I'm telling you, and, and I know that we have real listeners who listen in and just, they're just completely honest and real with themselves. Every single day, you have, the, you have the opportunity and you will make mistakes. You will either worry. You will probably either doubt. You will probably have a foolish thought. You, I'm, not, I'm not prophesying this over you. I'm just simply telling you because you are still on this side of heaven. You have, I just began to explain in the previous episodes how though you have the flesh in you, you are not in the flesh. So those foolish thoughts may come those doubts those worries you might even make a mistake god forbid and you might even get angry with your co-worker you might even get angry with your spouse you might even get angry with your children you might even get annoyed with your mother-in-law you all these things and when those occurrences happen what are you believing at that time? Because I'll tell you why this is so important. For instance, here's an example. If you begin, or let's say if I, I'll put it up, I'll just say upon myself. If I begin to fear, or let's say if I went off on one of my coworkers, or let's say if I went off on Dre, right then and there, because we've been so programmed, even in my, many churches, oh, now you can expect judgment. Now you can now because sin has increased, because sin has increased in your marriage, Anthony, because you just went off on your wife. Now you can expect uh, bad things. Now you can expect that there's this weird, awkward stage between you. Now you can expect that, you know, there's trust issues. Now you can expect all these things and, and you can expect judge. And, and what is that? What is that? Because we talk about sin and death, but I want to remind you that when I talk about death, I'm not talking about 
of physical death, though that is the end point of it. Remember, death includes sickness, disease, fear, mental torment, poverty, a broken marriage, broken relationships, not being successful, not being healthy, not being sound, not being whole, not being blessed. That is all encapsulated inside of death. So when you make a mistake, like like that example, what am I believing right then and there? If I just went off on Dre, what am I believing? Am I believing, well, you know, now our relationship's going down to the dumps. Now I can expect judgment. Now I can expect that. No, no, no. But friend, realize that's the law of sin and death. That is the law of sin and death. But now you're under grace. Romans chapter 6 says you are not under the law. You are under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. So instead of being guilty and condemned and being like, wow, I can expect bad now. I can expect a death because death includes a broken marriage. Death includes uh, quarrelsome spouses and a rowdy home and just complete chaos that is encapsulated inside of death now instead you can believe the truth the truth is that you are set free from the law of when you sin when you make a mistake now you can expect death no 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 you are free from that law i'm gonna say that one more time you are free from that law it, when you smoke that nicotine pen, which you're trying so hard not to smoke it, you smoke it. And now everything within you, bro, is telling you now you can expect bad. Now this is going to get deeper. Now the addiction is going to get stronger. No, 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 no. You are not under the law of sin and death. You are under grace. When you are trying so hard not to overeat, when you are trying so hard not to fear, whenever you just personalize it into your life, when you make a mistake, when you fail, everything of your flesh, everything within you, the entire world system, calls it karma. Even most churches call it, well, what you get whatever you sow. That's karma. It's just, that's the law of sin and death, which the Bible explicitly tells us that we have been set free from. So when you fail, what are you believing? Are you believing, wow, because I'm telling you, that's just the way the, the flesh works. When you make a mistake, your conscience knows that you did wrong. You can you can you confront and try to lie to me, but your conscience knows that you have done wrong. So your conscience must be settled and your conscience needs to be re-educated. Your conscience only operates to the level of information that it knows. Your conscience must be purged. It must be re-educated. It must come to the realization and you must train it. You must feed it the truth and teach it that friend conscious you are not we are not under the law of sin and death just because i made that mistake just because i failed i am not expecting death that is the law of sin and death which the bible says i have been set free from does that help you because every single day you, you, you're going to go through the rotation of life even being bitter angry tense anything that is not a faith is sin so your conscience will condemn you 
Your coworkers will condemn you. Your mother-in-law will condemn you. you. What are you believing? Because this is an everyday thing. This is living the supernatural life. Because I'm going to tell you something very profound. Are you ready? The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, where sin increase, grace superabounds. So not only when you fail, when you make a mistake, not only do you not have to expect death anymore, this is the supernatural life. You right? This is what it means to live by grace. Not only do you not have to expect death anymore, now you can expect superabounding grace in that area. When you fail, when you smoke that nicotine pen, when you look at that thing you're not supposed to, when you go off at your husband, when you become bitter, when you become angry, when you worry, when you doubt, when you go off at your coworker, when you go off at your kids, instead of expecting death, realize you're set free from that law and realize the Bible says where sin increase, grace superabounds. Realize that the Bible says, Romans chapter 6, sin shall not have dominion over you why? Because you are not under the law. You are under grace. You are not under the law of sin and death. You are under grace. So now when you fail, the Bible says where? The Bible says this. You ready? The law entered that sin may abound. That is a shocking statement. The law entered that sin may abound but where sin abounded grace did much more abound that word in the greek are you ready for this where sin it actually means where sin increased and in the greek where it says grace did much more abound that that word is hyperparisio, meaning hyper overflowing where sin increased Grace hyper overflows. Where sin increases, grace hyper, hyperporisio, hyper overflows. This is what it means to live under grace. This is the opposite of the law of sin and death that your conscience has been programmed to. This is what it means to live under grace. So now when you fail, when you make a mistake, instead of expecting death, believe the truth that you are under grace. So when you blow it, friend, realize that, hey, there is no more death. There is no more sickness. There is no more disease. Believe in this truth, Dre, will produce divine health. Why? Sickness is a punishment for sin. Remove the lie in your head, in your heart, that you are under the law of sin and death. Remove the lie that you are under the law that when you sin, you can expect punishment. You will remove sickness. Because far too often we confess, I, I believe I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. But Jesus said to the lame man that was brought down from the roof that these friends tore your sins have been forgiven now get up and walk 
Why? Because you have to understand sickness is a punishment. It is a part of death. Sickness is a punishment for sin. So when you, this is so important. When you realize you are no longer under the law of sin and death, you will realize that sickness has no authority over you. You realize that sin and death is a law that you have been delivered from. You realize that sickness dwells under the law of sin and death. So therefore, you will begin to walk in divine health. That is the supernatural life. You will be So for example, here's another good example. We went out to dinner the other day and one of our friends was, and he's probably listening, so I love you, bro. He was talking about how vegetables release these. This is the supernatural life. You ready? He was talking about how vegetables release these toxins and blah, 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 blah. Okay. But that is under the law of sin and death. Because that is true. The earth is fallen. Creation as a whole is fallen. But I'm not under the law of sin and death. I'm under grace. So I eat it by faith. And though that may be true in the natural I'm in the supernatural. I'm in the spirit. Though that may be true under the law of sin and death because creation is fallen, when I receive it with thanksgiving and I eat it in faith, I'm under grace, baby. I don't receive the death that is in those things. That is what the Bible says. Whatsoever is sold in the marketplace, don't ask questions, but rather eat it by faith. Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That is how to live the supernatural life. Because far too many times, especially nowadays, I, I had a bunch of friends that they would, they can't, Trey, these guys were freaking, sorry, in bondage in their head. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. Do you know that the water, did you know that this carcinogen in this, bro, that's a truth for you because you're under the law of sin and death. But as for me, baby, there is no sin consciousness in me. I don't care what's in there. I eat it by faith. I'm not under the law of sin and death. I'm under grace, baby. So whatever I eat, I eat it in faith. And I receive super, super abounding grace. You see what I'm talking about? That is what it means. Trey's like looking at me like, that is what it means to live under grace. Because all these things... I know because I kept saying baby. I don't know why that came up, to be honest with you, but I kind of like. <laughs> but anyways, so that is what it means to live by grace. All these things, everything in the natural will scream at you. There's sin. There's death. That is what it means. That is what it means to be sin consciousness. That is what it means to be aware of sin. So another example, the weather is changing. Oh, there's allergies in the air. That is true for the law of sin and death, but you are under grace. You see, so... There are all these things you are exempt from because everything in the world is under the law of sin and death. This is what it means to live the supernatural life. This is what it means to live by grace. This is what it means to live a life in the spirit because the entire creation is fallen. The entire trees itself, everything is corrupted and is decaying. But when you live by faith, when you live under grace, you realize that all these things in the natural are under the law of sin and death. Sickness, allergies, all that food stuff, all that water stuff, all that radiation. You can go freaking berserk 
doing your research on that did you know that the microwave levels i had friends like that you know the microwave levels about that did you know your phone did you know like all this that's the knowledge of that is the knowledge of evil and it will kill you because you cannot whatever you are conscious of you will manifest so instead of being conscious of the truth that you are the righteousness of god you are not conscious of the evil and guess what what will produce in your life I love this study, and I'm going to say it again. There was a study done, and I'm going to wrap this up very shortly. There was a study done in Harvard. And when these scientists, there were, there were scientists that they would study sickness and disease, germs. Ten out of ten of those scientists that studied, that were conscious of that germ, of that sickness that they were studying, ten out of ten came down with that same disease. Question to you, what comes first, the sickness or the consciousness of it? Answer, the consciousness of sickness comes before the sickness. That is why the devil will scream at you for you to be conscious of evil, for you to be conscious of fear, for you to be conscious of cancer, for you to be conscious of sickness. Because the consciousness, this is something very big that I'm telling you right now, because the consciousness of sickness comes before the actual sickness. Whatever you are conscious of, you will manifest. If you are continuously conscious of sin, guess what you will manifest in your life? Whatever you are conscious of, you will manifest. That is why the Bible says, whatever you do, do it in faith. The Bible has told us, the, the word of God says, he has come to remove sin consciousness from our hearts. You are not to be aware of these things. So this is to live the supernatural life because all those things, again, they're under the law of sin and death. When you fail, the world and everything of the system of the world will tell you, well, you made a mistake. Now you can, now you can expect to receive bad. But living under grace, living a life, the supernatural life is such that not only do I not receive the bad that I deserve, I actually get the good that I do not deserve. Why? Because Jesus is your holiness. Jesus is your righteousness. This is what it means to be under grace. And this is a teaching that is so persecuted to the point where Paul himself was persecuted saying, so what are you saying, bro? Are you saying what you're saying, Anthony? You're saying that when I fail, I don't get punished. But you're also saying that when I fail, I get more grace. So what you're saying is that we should sin more so that we can get more grace. That, that, is that what you're saying? And that's what they said about Paul. But that is the truth. The truth is that grace does abound in sin. I'm not telling you to sin, but I'm saying when there is sin, there is super abounding grace in that area to bring you out. I'm not saying to break your hand to receive healing, but I am saying when your if your hand ever gets broken, there is super abounding healing for that part. I'm not saying to fail, but I'm saying if you do fail, you rejoice because you are not under the law of sin and death. You are now under grace. You now receive super abounding grace. My final thought is this.
there's a, a very strong scripture in First Timothy. I'm going to look it up right now. Where the word of God, not Anthony, the word of God says that he has abolished death. Now remember, what does it mean? What does death mean? Because we think death is just physical dying. But death itself is also sickness, disease, all these things, failure, poverty. So what does it mean that Jesus Christ abolished death? Because the Bible says that he, that, he, that he has done it already. He has abolished death. Question, how is death abolished? Because death only resides under the law of sin and death. If you, listen, if Dre, which she is, if Dre is not under the law of sin and death, how, how can she expect death? How, what authority does death, which includes sickness, which includes poverty, which includes a broken marriage, which includes aging, which includes aging. So if death, if aging, if poverty, if sickness, if disease, if fear, if all these things encompass, are encapsulated inside of death, and you have been set free from the law of sin and death, so now when you sin, there is no more death, wouldn't that explain what Paul said by the Spirit of God that Jesus Christ abolished death? Why, why, how can he abolish death? You ready for this bomb before we close out? Because he has taken out, according to Colossians, Colossians, the law which has the right to bring death inside your life. Death doesn't just float around and just attach itself to whatever. Remember, sickness, disease, this is death. I'm talking about fear, poverty, broken, all these things. This is death. Death doesn't just float around and just, the Bible says, a bird without a cause will not stick. So the, the, the death doesn't just walk around. Uh, I'm just stick to whatever. Oh, this one has a purple shirt today. No, no, no. Death only abides under the law of sin and death. And Ephesians chapter 1 says that Jesus Christ has abolished the enmity that was against us. The Bible says in Colossians that he has, that he, he kept the law, he fulfilled the law, and he took the law out of the way. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 have told us that there is no more punishment. Why? Because you are no longer under the law of sin and death, which brings punishment. So this explains what the Spirit of God said in the epistle to St. Timothy, where Jesus Christ has abolished death. I'm not talking about which is the end result, physical death. I'm talking about everything that is encapsulated inside of death. So this is to live the supernatural life. If you believe this, if you begin to walk in this truth, if you begin to renew your mind, the Bible says be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If you begin to walk in this truth, this is a powerful truth. Not everyone can. Not everyone has the thirst to receive it, which is fine because only those who thirst will receive. 
But this powerful truth, it, when you you when you begin to believe this, there will be no more bitterness in your soul. There will be no more aging to you. There will be no more poverty. There will be no more sickness. There will be none of these things that have come under the on the earth because of the curse. You will live out. That is what it means to be holy. To be holy is to be set apart from fear. To be holy is to be joyful instead of bitter. To be holy is to be patient instead of so tense all the freaking time that is what it means to be holy to be holy is to be relaxed to be holy is to be full of joy instead of angry to be holy is to be patient to be holy is to be gracious to be holy is to be exempt from sickness disease to be holy is to be rich instead of poor to be holy is to be healthy instead of unhealthy to be holy is to stay young instead of being detrimented by aging all these things that is what it means to be set apart you are set apart from the curse of this world you are living the supernatural life so this is how to live the supernatural life it, and again remember what we said dre it isn't i didn't say you do this you do this i explained the scriptures and it's all what you believe do you believe that when you make a mistake you now receive sickness disease poverty more more curse or do you believe the truth because that is a lie or do you believe the truth that when you make a mistake when you fail now you receive super abounding grace and because you are no longer under that law death has no more dominion over you that my friend and i close with this is what romans has said the bible says jesus christ died once to sin but is alive to god forever death has no more dominion over him and then it tells us this startling word likewise in other words in the same way reckon yourself consider yourself in the same exact way that death has no more dominion over jesus in the same exact way that jesus died onto sin once not daily once and is alive unto god in the same way likewise reckon consider it so reckon yourself dead indeed to sin but alive unto god death has no more dominion over you and i'll leave you guys with that and uh, i'll see you in the next one hey guys we want to thank you for tuning in we pray that this quickened your heart if you like to give a one time or become a monthly partner visit our website and hit that give now button up at the top we thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything God has already given you by grace through faith.